Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit Toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. All right, welcome in. Wednesday afternoon again, and you know what that means. Jesse Montano, Megan Angley here, DNVR Avalanche podcast. Uh, Megan, it seems like the, the week just flies by. It's, I'm always looking forward to our, our Wednesday shows. Uh, how are you doing this week? I'm doing really well. Good. I always look forward to this show, too, and it did feel like it flew by. Yeah, it flew by. I, I know you've got some automotive issues you're dealing with. <laughs> Things are getting sorted out, hopefully. It's been a slow-moving process always, in ways yeah. that benefit me, though. Okay. I've just had this rental until I learn more, so <laughs> I actually think it gets worse once I learn more. No, okay. All right, well, so we're fine with this kind of, like automotive purgatory right now exactly uh we've got a lot to get into uh again we've been very fortunate this offseason we have been very fortunate because we need stuff to talk about on this show uh and the nhl uh the league in general has given us uh no shortage of that especially uh up north with one of the most talked about teams really any time of year any season uh whatever's going on there's always a lot of news surrounding the leafs but megan it's pretty warranted uh, this time around. There's a lot going on there, um, a lot of kind of unknowns. There's new information changing every day. We talked about it on Monday, the Brendan Shanahan uh, press conference, really kind of unprecedented in terms of the way that the NHL and their teams deal with stuff, uh, transparency, things like that. So we wanted to talk about that, but we figured <clears throat> instead of us continuing to kind of speculate from however many thousands of miles away. Uh, you reached into your uh, bag of contacts here, uh, and we, sh we are joined by, I believe we've got him backstage here, uh, Dave McCarthy, NHL.com, Sirius XM, uh, and NHL Network correspondent, all in the Toronto area. Uh, Dave, we very much appreciate taking some time out. How are you doing today? Oh, it's, oh, it's great, great to, to be on with you guys. You guys. Uh, thanks, thanks for, for having, having me. me. And, and Megan, let, let me just, just tell you, you. Uh, I, feel I feel your pain, your pain when, it when it comes to your automotive troubles. troubles. If, if I ever have an issue, I open, I open the hood as a mere formality, and then, and then I, I call a guy, guy because, because I don't I know what the hell is. <laughs> I was curious if Dubas was someone you came to know in covering the team. Yeah. No, I, I had a good relationship with Kyle. Um, I, I think he was a guy that, that did a lot of good while he was in Toronto. Um, I thought he built out a really good program. He installed a good culture within the team. Uh, the way in which I, I think his biggest impact in Toronto was was the way in which he went about treating people and not just the players, but throughout the organization from, you know, his assistant general managers to the players, to 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 the media, to the, the guy that opens the door um, in the loading bay. Um, he, he was really good about that when um, players had a family issue. 
he was really good about making sure they were taken care of, um, as you should be nowadays. Like when Luke Shen was acquired, and he played great for Toronto in the playoffs, but that was right in the midst of his wife being like five or ten days away from giving birth. And you never know, apparently, when, when you're that close, it could come at any time. Um, and they were out in Vancouver. So uh, he let Luke stay out there until uh, the baby arrived, everything was settled, everybody was good, uh, and then let him make his move to Toronto. And that took about 10 days. He played the one game while the Leafs were out in Western Canada in, in Calgary, and then he went right back to Vancouver. And I thought that went a, a long way in, in terms of selling the team around the league as, look, this is, this is a place that you know, I want to consider going because I get treated well here. Now, a few years ago, when Ilya Mikheyev, right around Christmas time, had that skate cut his wrist, and it was a really, really serious injury. And you think about Ilya at the time, uh, young guy, barely speaks English in a foreign land, uh, and he's got a, a deeply traumatic injury. You, put, you take any one of us, put us in Russia, uh, and put us in the exact same scenario, we're scared out of our pants, right? Um, but Kyle stuck with him for several days on the road uh, to make sure that he was taken care of and that he felt comfortable and all of that. So, you know, Kyle did a really good job on that front. Um, but I, I do also think there's there's room to criticize him based on the the results that that were shown on the ice, which were not that great. He came in when expectations were high, and he won one playoff round in five years. So I wouldn't have been against him continuing on as GM. I thought he'd improved um, as, as, he, as he was in the job. But I also think it's reasonable to say that, you know what, after five years, maybe it is just time for a fresh set of, a fresh set of eyes. Too, but in looking at then the offseason, there's a lot of other important decisions to be made outside of prioritizing Matthews and an extension. You have something that needs to be done with in, in net if you're looking at qualifying Samsonov um, and also your pending free agents. I was just curious what the urgency then is for filling the GM spot presently, even though there is someone acting in the interim ahead of things like free agency and the draft and if that if there's any leads you have for someone who might be good for that position right deeply urgent is is the time frame um there's not a lot of time because as you pointed out quite rightly megan the draft's just around the corner there's a lot of uh holes that need to be addressed on this roster it's not just uh matthews and william nylander who are due for extensions uh, but there's a lot of unrestricted free agents that are going to be moving out the door um, where there will be a lot of roster turnover. So you got to get the new guy in. You got to get him up and running. You know, where are we right now? May the 24th, something like that. Days blend together. Um, but say they have a, a GM in place by the, the end of next week. That's June the 2nd. You know, within two weeks, it's it's just about draft time. You got to get the guy an opportunity to get familiar with the organization, identify UFAs that, that they have that they'd like to retain, guys that they, they have that are UFAs that they'd like to let walk out the door. As you said, what are you going to do between the pipes? I think ideally you'd like to retain Ilya Samsonov. Uh, he was very good, um, but they had him on a bargain deal this year where he was making $1.8 bucks. Um, he's going to ask for some money. He deserves to ask for some money. Uh, how do you fit that in? Matt Murray, what do you do with the last year of his deal? He's making uh, 625 
in 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 cap. It's a little less than that because Ottawa ate some. I think it's four and change. Uh, but he's due eight eight sheets in real money this year, right? So that becomes difficult to move a contract like that if you want to, you know, go to a team that needs to get to the cap floor. They'd love the cap hit, less enthralled with paying eight sheets of real money. So that's going to be difficult. They at least need that cap space. So there's all kinds of questions that need to be addressed. Uh, that's why they need to get a GM in much sooner rather than later. As for a candidate, what I'm hearing is Brad Trailiving is, is a leading candidate right now. Brendan Shanahan suggested he wants some level of, of experience uh, and acumen uh, in, in the general manager that comes on board. Um, having worked in a Canadian market, I think, is beneficial as well. Um, so to me right now, I, I would suggest that he's the leading candidate to, uh, to take on the job. So that's player personnel. Obviously, we know Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas had a very good relationship as well. In your opinion, where does this kind of leave Sheldon Keefe? Well, man, if I'm Sheldon Keefe right now, I can't be all that comfortable, right? I mean, it's just a really tenuous position to be in. Um, in terms of a percentage of him being back next year, like I wouldn't put it at zero because who knows? Maybe whoever they hire, maybe it's Brad Trailiving comes in and says, you know what, look, I, I like the job that Sheldon Keefe did last year. I think there's some player, player personnel issues that – uh, need to be corrected, um, maybe some different types of players to be brought on board. Um, but I like the job the coach did. That, that's entirely possible. Uh, but in saying that, I would put it at far less than 50% that he returns. Um, if I had to put a percentage on it, maybe maybe 20% right now. Because typically speaking, um, you know, you bring in a new GM, they'd like to bring in uh, their their coach. Um, and then at this point, same thing goes, as I said, for Dubas, Sheldon Keefe's been here for a long, long time. Um, they've won one playoff round. Maybe it's also time for a fresh set of eyes, uh, a new message being delivered behind the bench. Can you put to bed any rumors of Willie Nylander coming to Colorado? Oh, I, I hadn't heard those rumors. Do tell, Megan. We might have started them here. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> oh, so so what you're telling me is uh, is, is Willie's intriguing in, in Colorado. Um, look, I think a lot of it's dependent on what happens with Austin Matthews. Um, Willie is as is classic Willie when he was asked about his ability to sign a uh, an extension as of July 1st at lock cleanout day. Willie's like. I mean, I, I've got over a year to sign a contract, right? So um, Willie's never in that much of a rush for those type of things. Um, but I think it is largely dependent on what happens with Austin Matthews. If Austin uh, comes on board and commits to return long-term, I think William wants to be a, be a part of that because I think the team will continue to contend. If if Austin ultimately says, you know what, pulls the old Maddie uh, Kachuk and wouldn't that be funny if uh, Brad Trailing is the GM and, and he gets a star American player two summers in a row in Canada telling him, you know what, thanks, but no thanks. Um, if, if that's what Austin says, then I think William would look at that situation and say, ah, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll go to market and, and see what I can get. And, uh, and, and maybe, look, he'll get some money. He, he shot at the net 40 times this year. He's going to be able to command a lot of money. And, and then you, you put yourself in a position where you can uh, pick and choose your spot and go to a team that you feel you can contend with. So um, 
I think nothing gets decided on William Nylander until it is clear uh, the direction in which the Austin Matthews situation is moving. Dave McCarthy, NHL.com, Sirius XM. We've kept you longer than we told you we would, so I've got one last one for you here. Just kind of your opinion, Dave. Uh, what do you think happens, you know, with everything we were just talking about? Do you think Austin Matthews signs the extension? Do you think this core four really kind of just runs it back with, with some changes coming at the higher up levels? And, you know, they're saying, hey, we have a great roster that we feel really good about. We're just going to try again. Well, look, it's a good question, Jesse, because I, I could absolutely see that being the case. And you know, I had a few colleagues uh, at Locker Cleanout Day saying to me, ah, how can they bring it back yet again? How can they do that yet again? The market just won't stand for it. And, and I said, really? You really don't think it'll, it'll stand for it? Because here's how that would work out. Everybody 10 days ago was all up in arms and agitated because they, they lost in relatively meek fashion of florida so everybody goes on twitter and pounds away and i'm so angry you got to blow it up blah 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 blah. Uh, then we get to to where we are now they hire a new gm so that's behind us um and then it's in august and everybody forgets about the leafs believe it or not people forget about the leafs for like three weeks a year in august and then you come into training camp and the core is back um and everybody starts getting excited again there's a few questions about oh how is it going to be different this year and then into preseason. And then what's the mark of the Leafs, guys, is that they're an all-time regular season team. So we'll be sitting here at the end of October next year, and uh, Mitchell Marner will have 15 points, if not more, in 12 games. Uh, and Austin Matthews will have 10 goals, and Willie will be cooking. And all the little fansies here in Toronto will be all like, oh, look at this, Mitch, is, he's, got, he's almost two points a game. Oh, look, can you believe it? And then, and then on you go. And you're in the playoffs and you, you roll the dice and you see what happens again. So, yeah, I could absolutely see the, the core being brought back. And, and I don't think it would really be much of an issue. Now, it, it comes down to, is that the right question? When you're in a position where you have a core, which is extremely talented, and you're getting to a point where contractually there's some moving parts, but you don't have to make moves this summer if you don't want to. It becomes really difficult, I think, to blow that up voluntarily to the point where if you trade a Matthews, if you trade a Marner, if you trade a Nylander, you're probably not going to be able to contend next year in the way you would have if you did nothing to the core and, and tried to build out around the edges yet again. It's very difficult to voluntarily blow up what is a, a chance. It, it's a chance to win. They haven't won. You're, you guys are right. They haven't won. But they have a chance if they can finally put it together. You move one or two of those guys, you don't really have that chance. You're not a legitimate contender. So that's why I would be I would be really surprised to be honest with you, if if all four of the core four, Matthews, Nylander, Marner, and Tavares are not in Leaf uniforms come October, whatever the first game of the year is. Uh, Dave, we so much appreciate you taking the time out. Like I said, we took more time, uh, more of your time than we said uh, we would, so we appreciate it. Dave McCarthy, NHL.com, SiriusXM, NHL, and NHL Network at Dave A McCarthy on twitter uh thank you so much uh and i honestly man we, we have 
20 more minutes worth of stuff we could get to you. So we'd love to have you back on again this summer and uh, keep the conversation going. <laughs> Look at that studio audience. That's I'm always right. a phone call away for you guys. And Those it, are real applause. And it didn't feel like you kept me very long. I, I bet they are, Megan. I bet they are. Thanks, guys. Like I said, NHL.com, SiriusXM NHL does great work in the Toronto area. That is a, uh, a beast of a market to have to cover, a tough team to have to cover, uh, and Dave does as good of a job as anybody. Absolutely. Uh, was there anything that kind of jumped out to you about that, or do you want to wait? There was actually a lot there. Let's unpack it yeah. after, uh, good ap call. after this break here, because there was a lot that I want to get into, and genuinely, we have to have him back on. He was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I had more questions crop up, and I was like, okay, he looks like he is on vacation. I know, I know. I looked at the ticker at one point, and I was like, oh, gosh, I told him 15 minutes pre-show, pre and we're already up over 20. Uh, so I felt bad, but, I mean, he really was. He was fantastic. I had a lot more I wanted to uh, get to him with. Uh, this is the DNBR Avalanche podcast, uh, brought to you guys by Breckenridge Brewery, the official Breck, uh, the official Breck brew, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, use that Breck beer uh, location at breckbrew.com uh, to find the nearest store uh, to you selling Breck Brew. They are available in all 50 states, so it should be pretty easy uh, to find a liquor store near you. Uh, they really are. They're one of my favorite beer companies, I guess. Yeah, you call them a beer company, right? Yeah, they're one of my favorite breweries. Um, I've said it before on the show. I'm not like a huge beer guy yet. I haven't found a Breck Brew that I don't like. I'm typically not an IPA or a dark beer guy. Uh, they take enough time to make sure that their beers taste great. They're not just packed full of alcohol. Uh, they're a genuinely uh, pleasant drinking experience. Uh, always love, I, whenever we're here at the bar, especially during the season, I love that we do have all of their beers here on tap. We have the cans, uh, all that stuff, because you can really kind of try everything out. I really do. I, when we do parties, barbecues, now this, the weather's getting nice, I just go get a Breck Brew, like the, the variety pack, and there's literally something for everyone. They got the seltzers. Now that it's getting warmer, the rain has finally stopped. Uh, pick up some of those seltzers. They're refreshing. They're great for sitting out on the patio. Like I said, use that Breck Beer locator at breckbrew.com uh, to find the closest liquor store to you to pick up some Breck Brew for like I said, weather's getting nice. There's going to be barbecues. We, you and I got a very, I was going to call it out. I was excited. Very nice invite to a, a, a party this weekend. Uh, we'll bring some Breck brews uh, there. So head on over breckbrew.com. Uh, also brought to you guys by Colorado Golf. Join over 75,000 golfers with the Colorado Golf Association today and receive an official USGA handicap with worldwide access to score posting and GPS tracking. I heard RK. Uh, talking about Cardinal Golf on the Broncos pod. And he was going on and on about the fact that you get a handicap. And he said, you know, it, it, it said it's just very helpful and it's all online. You have your membership, uh, all that good stuff. So uh, as someone, you know, he's a big, big, big golfer. Uh, and he was just going on and on about like, that by itself is worth becoming a Colorado Golf member. Yeah. Uh, is getting your, you know, again, your official USGA handicap. Um, Membership means more than uh, means more at CGA. Uh, members get the opportunity to play exclusive courses around the state, such as Aspen, uh, Aspen, uh, the club at Riviana, the Pinery, and much more. Uh, you also get access to exclusive member content with offers and discounts from national and local companies, including uh, Imperial Golf Tech, PGA Tour, Superstore, uh, and more. Learn more about the Colorado Golf Association today by visiting coloradogolf.org. Use the code DNVR5. You're going to get $5 off your membership, again, that's coloradogolf.org. Uh, use the code DNVR5. 
five, you're going to get $5 off your membership at Colorado Golf. DNVR Avalanche podcast, Jesse Montano, Megan Angley. We've got Tiff running the board. Uh, we just spoke with Dave McCarthy, uh, NHL.com correspondent for uh, Toronto. A lot to unpack there. You, you asked the question that I was going to ask him, which was about the core four and the players saying they wanted to come back. It was also reported last night uh, by Chris Johnston on TSN Insider Trading that right now the message that Brendan Shanahan is delivering to those top players is we plan on having you all back next year. Megan, just kind of what did you think about the point he was making of if you trade one of those guys, you're, you're really kind of shifting the window that you're in. It, it's tough because similar but different when there is some big change like we saw with Arizona or I guess the looming uncertainty that's mm -hmm. in, in Arizona, it affects players' decision-making for the future. Totally. And almost similarly, but in hearing especially that Matthews had a good personal working relationship with Dubas, I wonder the influence of some of this uncertainty, how it might affect a player's decision beyond just Matthews, it yep. could be a Nylander or a Marner, um, on their future with a team. And I, I also wonder if there's any loss of trust because of how things ended in this season that makes them feel less confident in this window moving forward that makes them inclined to look elsewhere and outside of Toronto. But I have to agree with Dave that I think he's right. They're, they're as competitive as they can be when that core is intact. Mm -hmm. And so it does make a huge difference if one of those players feels any bit differently, if some of those things that I'm speculating there happen to be true, right. and there are players with an inclination to look elsewhere, that does sort of blow up that window. I mean, the comparable, and it's really hard to do with Colorado because they have the track record of success attached to this current core, mm -hmm. but like, if Kale McCarr somehow wasn't in Colorado next season, I would feel differently yeah, about totally. the level of compete for the team, though I would still have a lot of confidence in those players that remain intact. It is a fair point that there is so much of the future of the Toronto Maple Leafs that hangs in the balance of Austin Matthews' sole decision-making. Right, right. And I think that it's... It, it puts them in a really interesting position to have so much on one player's shoulders. And there's still this uncertainty surrounding the team. Like, until they name a new GM, I don't think that really gets alleviated in any way either. Right. And, and I thought the, the and it was funny, the point that he made about how, you know, you have the conversation of like, how could they run it back? Especially when you're talking about the argument of, oh, the market won't, the market won't stand for that. And he makes a good point. Yes, they will. They always will. You know, it, it's, it's it, the, the running joke here in Colorado is the Rockies have had, they had one good season where they got swept in the World Series and they're top 10 in attendance every year. Now, I know reading uh, Patrick's piece from a couple weeks ago, that's maybe changing a little bit this season. But the point stands, it's like, especially in a market like Toronto, the, the building will be sold out. Oh, absolutely. It'll be sold out. The ratings, you know, local ratings will be through the roof. The media that will be being consumed around it is insatiable. Of course, the market will stand for it. I, again, I, I, the part that I find interesting, and we, the four of us talked about this last week, coincidentally the night before all the stuff with uh, Kyle Dubas happened. I do sit there, and, and Dave acknowledged it when talking about the, the contract situation around Matthews. Nathan McKinnon signs the deal last summer to make him the highest paid player in the NHL. I was at 
the signing that they did at the golf course, and the Stanley Cup is sitting on the table as he signs the contract. That makes making him the highest paid player in hockey extremely palatable, right? If, if for right. any reason Joe Sackett, Chris McFarlane, uh, you know, Josh Kroenke was there, if any of them had any, gosh, it's a lot of money. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's, we're fine with this. That is the one hard part for me, Megan, that, that does make it hard for me to rationalize how they could possibly run it back. You, you've, just, you've run into the same brick wall over and over and over again, and just when it looked like you finally broke through, the wheels just came completely off. And people can make the argument that, that, that they outplayed the Panthers and stuff like that. That core four was terrible in the second round. Their production was, however you want to shake it, however you want to you know, look at the games, at the end of the day, the numbers are, are the numbers. You're only as good as your record. You're only as good as your stats. And that core four really kind of went away. And that has been the problem in their first rounds in the past. They haven't gotten enough production out of those top guys that you are either already paying a lot of money to or the point that Dave was making, maybe paying the most money to. I don't know. It, 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 I don't, I think, you know, they probably will end up running it back. I just don't know internally. Forget, again, the market will be there. <sighs> What tells you that you can run that back and make Austin Matthews the highest paid player and extend William Nylander? Like, what tells you that any of that's a good idea? It's hard to, because we talked about it in the regular season, how this is Toronto's opportunity because the team will never look as competitive as they did this year. It's very unlikely, in my opinion, that they're able to keep Ryan O'Reilly. Totally. And Especially I if you're think, keeping the core four. Exactly. And I think he was a huge component in why they did have success through the first round. And... I'm going to draw another comparison here in a second, but obviously there is a track record now of star players not showing up in the playoffs specifically. Mm -hmm. It does sound like there were injuries behind the scenes, Matthews specifically being one playing through something and then obviously losing Samsonov due to injury. Goaltending is huge in the playoffs too. I wonder if there's any way to have this reframed entering October of next year if the Panthers do win the cup. Do they feel totally. a little bit differently about this loss then? Like, well, we lost, we had these injuries, and we lost to the Stanley Cup champions. Maybe that is what this is, is fueling this confidence to run it back. Is The way I compare it is the Avs in this last season, if not for injury, I think people felt still were competitive, uh, competitive enough to go back to yeah, back, though absolutely. still not as competitive as the year before, losing Kadri, losing Burakovsky, question marks surrounding Kemper versus Georgiev. Those were very valid there, question there's marks. There's footage of me on CBS All Access two nights before the playoffs saying, I think they can win it again. So, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and with the acknowledgement that, but they're also not as right. good as last right. year's team. So, a I wonder if right. there's a little bit of that too. Like, okay, Toronto, we won't be as competitive as we were in this last season. We just can't be. We can't retain mm -hmm. all of the pieces that were so good. We didn't have some, some luck on our side. Maybe that's what's fueling this confidence of, of run it back, pay Matthews. It's, <clears throat> you made a point there that I wanted to build on because I thought it was a great point. Um, and now the lights came on and just like. It the, did, it, it distracted it, it, me it too. It fully distracted me. <laughs> um, you were talking about, oh, <laughs> what's actually funny when you said if Florida wins, maybe that changes. I actually thought you meant the other direction. I thought you meant they might look at that and say, well, look at what they did in the offseason, a year removed from winning the President's Trophy, everyone saying this is a juggernaut, 
they're finally going to, you know, overtake the Tampa Bay Lightning as the, the, the big brother in Florida, only to get swept out of the second round by those Tampa Bay Lightning. And then they went into the summer and they said, we don't know if we can keep Huberto. We don't know if we can keep Uyghur. We're really scared that this window may slam shut just when it seemed like it was opening. Yeah. Let's make some moves here. And they moved out money. They brought back Matthew Kachuk, who we knew at the time he was coming off a 100-point season, high-end player. Right. They felt more confident that they could get him extended rather than Huberto and Uyghur. So they put that money to good use there. And that was kind of where I thought you were going was could if Florida wins the Stanley Cup, could that lead to a shakeup in Toronto where it's like, we want to make a move that we that doesn't take us out of this competitive window. Because part of the point that Dave was making was, well, if you move those guys, if you move a guy like Matthews, can you really get better? And I think it would be hard to say that you get the best player, but I'm I'm purely throwing these names out for example. You can replace these names with any like players from any team in the league that you can. I'm just going to use the example. If the Avs and the Leafs made a trade, Austin Matthews to the Avs, and you sent back, for example, Devon Taves, Alex Newhook, and a couple first-round picks that Toronto can do whatever they want to do with. I don't know. You know, like, how much are you saying, you know, does Devon Taves, as a true number one defenseman, can play shutdown, can contribute offensively, can run a power play, can kill penalties, gives them a different dynamic on that back end that they've had. And again, I'm just pulling those names out of a hat. But could you sell, could any team sell a Toronto Maple Leafs or could they sell themselves internally on, well, if we make a move like this where we feel like we're getting a good offensive player that, that is still young, that we can develop, we're getting a high, high-end defensive player that Colorado doesn't know if they can extend. And then we're getting some picks that we can flip and, and you know, kind of fill in the middle of our roster. Yeah, maybe we still gave up the best player in the deal, but we maybe feel like this gives us a new look while keeping us competitive. I don't know. Um, so what's so funny about your statement and then what you followed it up with is I actually think Florida winning the Stanley Cup could lead them down either one of those paths where it's like, well, you know, the Jared Bednar philosophy, we didn't look at when we lost in the playoffs. We lost it. We looked at who we lost to. Right. You could make the same argument for the Maple Leafs if the Panthers go on to win it. Doesn't second round stand like a final, but Eastern Conference final, whatever. You lost to the eventual champs. Um, I actually think Florida winning could make things way more confusing for Toronto because there's two schools of thought that you could well, follow. Especially that would both if the GM is, that is named is the one that was opposite the Matt Kachuk right. trade. <laughs> right. It, like, obviously, it didn't quite age as well in the immediate for Calgary. However, there, it takes two GMs on either side of that to orchestrate a, a deal of that. Uh, size. Size, yeah. Caliber, whatever. Caliber. Yeah. And, and that's where I'm like, you're selling me on this being another avenue that this could go, another direction that this could go. If that is where they're looking, and when they talk about experience, they might be quite literally looking at this trade mm -hmm. as something that they're looking to do too and they need somebody compelling enough to convince another GM opposite of them yep. to be interested in that. B because again like, like there is a comment here um, it says there's a pillar of mediocrity and I, I don't know if I agree with that <laughs> it's extremely easy to make the argument come playoff time but like this has been a high high end team 
for multiple seasons in a row. Top of the league, top of the Eastern Conference, near the top of their division, uh, you know, depending on the year. They've been part of that bloodbath of Boston, Toronto, Tampa that's just dominated the Atlantic now um, for how many years. Um, but it's just like there's clearly something not working. And I don't know, is this something new that we'll see ushered in in the NHL where it's like, hey, find a dance partner where they've also got a high-end player that they're not sure on the future. Can we keep him? Can we hold on? And can you move some pieces around those two guys that make it work for both sides? Again, I, I and it was so funny. I actually went back and was listening to our uh, preseason preview shows. Um, and we were talking about Calgary and we all acknowledged like, a lot changed there. A lot changed in Calgary beyond just the Matthew Kachuk trade. You lost Johnny Gaudreau. You signed Nazem Kadri. Like there, there was a lot of changes there. I'm going to be interested to see how they look next season because I think that will kind of be the true litmus test for did both of these teams come out feeling good about the deal. Um, but again, I just I look at a team like Toronto and I think – that's got to be something that's at least on your radar. And really, I mean, I use it as the example, but like Devon Tapes, whether it's Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs or not, you have to imagine the Avs are looking at that same type of deal of like, okay, we don't know if we can keep Devon Tapes and Bowen Byram and Miko Rantanen. You're not moving on from Miko Rantanen. So does it make sense to go to another team and say, hey, we have a, <laughs> an extremely high-end defender you know, the last couple of seasons, he struggled a bit near the end of the year this past year, but like for the last two seasons, he's probably been a top five, no worse than a top 10 defenseman in the NHL, would have been a top pairing guy for Team Canada last year. Can we make some type of flip here that makes everyone happy? I think that's the good, you raise a great point too as to why this relates to the Avs in some capacity, why mm -hmm. to look at Toronto or, or to look, take it a, a year behind that and look at what Florida did. That last comment. <laughs> that is funny. Um, to to see the relevancy. I think that this is something to earmark and just pay attention to for the future because if this does end up happening, there's another conversation to be had about marketing the game and bringing about star players to new markets. And it's sort of refreshing because it is stars moving into other markets and, and maybe the bit of refresh that happens is good for the growth of the game overall too totally. in refreshing it. Like... I have to imagine in looking at how Toronto is as a fan base, there are mixed feelings about Austin Matthews yeah. presently, just because it has been hard not having something to show for this player who is the top of the league every year. Mm -hmm. And I do have to wonder then if something of a refresh is needed. Because like, we're even just looking at Goudreau and Columbus, and it's like that wasn't an immediate fix. There are some things that remain to be seen. Right, there's pieces there to build. Absolutely that I think we should be looking at keenly, though, and this is where it could relate to the avalanche one day, even in this offseason. Seriously, I, I mean, genuinely, again, I, I floated it on, on the show on Monday, really just kind of tongue-in-cheek to give us something to talk about on Monday, but, like, you are right, Megan, that like, don't turn your nose up at any of this stuff. With, with the offseason that we saw last summer and some of the big moves that were made, you know, starting with Johnny Gaudreau, leaving the Calgary Flames, way out of left field pick to go to the Columbus Blue Jackets, then followed by the Matthew Kachuk trade. You know, th there's just been some bigger dominoes that have fallen in the last couple of years. 
But then you look at a league like the NBA, and I think they maybe do too much of this stuff, where you've got star players changing tr- teams and requesting trades and like constantly. <laughs> so maybe you don't necessarily want to get to that level, but like I agree with you. Like it would be, I think it would benefit a lot. Austin Matthews going to a different market, you know, from from a league standpoint. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you're right. Like it could be, a, it's it's a refresh. It's it gets the the NHL in the headlines. It, you know, it gives people something to talk about. It gives ESPN a story to run. Here's a 60 goal scorer near the top of the league every year, and they traded him because they didn't know if they could keep him. And instead of letting him walk for nothing, and, and you know this, that, and the other, so like you said, I, I just I'm at the point, especially after what we saw last summer, I am not scoffing at any of that stuff. It could end up that they just run it back, but with a change of the GM level, and you bring a great point up of if Brad Tree Living, as Dave uh, McCarthy told us, is truly who most considered to be the front runner. That guy's got a very recent track record of doing this he's, kind of he's stuff. He's willing to do it. Right. You know as much. Right. And, and so it's just, it's, they're going to be a fascinating team to keep an eye on this summer. And the one name that I don't think is all that unrealistic, um, because it wasn't us that started the William Nylander to Colorado. It was Jeff Merrick. Oh, that's more legitimate. <laughs> Toronto-based media. Uh, I, I mean, Jeff, Jeff Merrick, Sportsnet, uh, he, he has his own, I think it's like two or three hour show every day in Toronto, and he was the first one that said, gosh, if they were to move on from him, wouldn't that be a fit? And seriously, if you told me, if I told you tomorrow, Devon Taves for William Nylander, one for one, what would you think? I... You're probably going to say what I'm... I'd want them to have something settled with Byram before that. That's well, that's not what I thought you were going to say, and it's a way better thing than what I was going to um, say. And honestly, I don't think that is impossible. I think they sure. can settle with settle up with Byron, but that needs to be the priority first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's like this is, you know, a, a chain reaction kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's the first domino that falls. Yeah. What were you going to say, though? Well, I, I was going to say, to me, I honestly would feel like that's a little bit of an overpay for Willie Schmielander. I would also agree. <laughs> I don't want to understate what Devontae's bring to the right. table. It's right. just next year the potential of losing him right. for nothing right. is the incentive there. It's not as screwed Devontae. He's, right. he's not valuable to this lineup. He's right. hugely valuable. I just don't know his future in Colorado beyond next season. Right. But, but, but I mean, really, it's because of that uncertainty that, and again, I want to reiterate this, that Devontae is an elite defenseman, and the Avs are an elite defensive team with him on, on the roster. But the theme of all of this is if you aren't sure you can keep him, which, again, is the boat that Toronto's in with multiple guys, if you aren't sure you can keep him, does it benefit you to try to flip him for something that's at least close to that level or fills a need elsewhere on the roster, gives you a different, gives you a 2C because you feel confident about Bowen Byram? Um, these are all conversations that are being had. And, and with Toronto going through the changes that they're going through and the talent that is at the top of that roster – you'd be crazy to not at least poke around. I mean, Devon Taves in a first for Mitch Marner? Maybe you don't even need the first, I don't know. Like, yeah, sign me up seven days a week. Like, you know, it's just, that to me is, like you said, why this stuff is relevant to keep an eye on for the abs. The abs are staring down changes as well. Um, And you just got to keep, all of your options are on the table right now. Um, in my opinion. 
Keep your, all of your options on the table. Also, keep Shady Rays on the table. Did you get Shady Rays? I did. did you get some? Oh, you got aviators, aviators, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, biggest thing about, I was trying to think of a way to say don't leave your Shady Rays on the table, but you can leave your Shady Rays on the table because even if they get crushed, someone sets something down on them, they get knocked on the floor, stepped on, whatever, Shady Rays will replace them for you. Uh, backed by uh, lost and broken uh, replacements, uh, no questions asked. They will send you a brand new pair. Uh, wear your Shady Rays with confidence. Wear them anywhere because if you lose them, if you break them, they will replace them uh, for you. I've mentioned it pretty much every time I do this read. Uh, I worked in this industry for a long time years ago. Uh, and one of the things that always frustrated me about it, even within the industry, was you couldn't get high-quality eyewear at anything less than outrageous prices. Uh, Shady Rays has found a way to... Cut right through that. They give you really high quality stuff. Great looking shades. Uh, polarized, non-polarized. They got iridium lenses. They got gray lenses. Whatever you need and at a reasonable price. And better yet, if you go to ShadyRays.com, use the promo code DNVR. They're going to give you 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses so you can try the shades that over 250,000 people have rated five stars. Uh, if you want to try them on in person, if you want to check out the glasses Face to face, head to their brick and mortar inside of Park Meadows Mall. Great store, great staff, super friendly, all big sports fans. Uh, I've stopped in there a couple times, talked to them about the Avs, DNVR, all of that stuff. Uh, so just a great company all around. And like I said, they give you some really high quality shades that look great. They don't look like you bought them at the gas station by the, by the register uh, at a reasonable price. And even more reasonable, when you go to ShadyRays.com, use that code DNVR. You're going to get 50% off two pairs of polarized shades. Uh, also brought to you guys by Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of All City and DNVR. They just dropped the uh, PHNX polo. Pins and Aces polo. Did you see it? Is it the one with the sunshine on it, or did no? Oh, uh, that that's a. I think that's a new Nugget shirt. It's a Pins and Aces um, PHNX polo. It's sick. I don't know if Tiff looks like she's that's trying awesome. to find it. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Um, it looks awesome. Uh, and really, I, I almost uh, I almost wore my button up today, but just a little too windy out. We're supposed to get some rain, but it's just, it's, I remember we discussed I know, it. I'm not wearing mine. I, I had it in my hand and I was like, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a little too gross out today. It's a little too um, gross. But super comfortable, super breathable. And it's just all, it's perfect for the summertime. Uh, not just if you're out on the golf course, uh, but head on over uh, to pinsandaces.com. Use the code DNVR. You're going to get 15% off your first order and free shipping. Can't find it. No. Yeah, yeah. I'll say head to our social. Uh, I know it's there. I know it's on the PHNX social, um, but it's it really is. It looked really cool. Great looking polo. It's breathable. It's light. I said it before. What I love about the button up, what I got that I got. I've always had beef with button, men's button up shirts. It's the only fabric on earth that doesn't stretch or breathe. Mm. Pins and aces, not the case. Very stretchy. Uh, very breathable. Super comfortable. Can wear it anywhere. Looks great. Pinsandaces.com. Use the code DNVR. You're going to get 15% off your first order and free shipping. Jesse Montano, Megan Angley, Tiff on the board. Hold on. Oh, we might, we have, we, did we find it? We might have it. Ooh, dude, that is beautiful. That is adorable. Oh, so that's a dope graphic. I love that. I think it appeals to everyone. Beautiful, yeah. adorable, no yeah. matter who you are. Look at 
Oh, see, that's not even the one that I saw. So this is the one I saw, and I saw sunshine, but it's more correctly ice cream cone, yeah. and it's adorable. Seriously. So there's a P PHNX inspired. Yeah, it's the is is theirs is there called like, Nux too? The little cactus guy. Yeah, oh, that's so cute. But it's it's uh, yeah, it's great. That, that one's even better. I'm gonna go fucking order that I like one because I, I I was gonna order the other one, but I was like, well, that would be kind of weird to wear the PHNX stuff on our shows. I definitely be doing that. Awesome. That's sick. I this love that. This is for the uh, DNVR Midsummer Classic on July 21st. Go, go to the Big Drive Energy page. Yeah, I got you. Because I think they're the ones that uh, were sharing it. Yeah. It's a great, great looking polo. Like I said, yeah. I didn't even see that one. Uh, I love that little logo. That little guy's so cute. He's cute. Um. There it is, right there. Oh, that one. look at that. Yeah. Ice, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. That is super cool. So like I said, it's a little PHNX Nux guy. A the, little cactus. Yeah, a little cactus foam finger. Did you see the gas station ads? I did see that. I think that's I, yeah. so cool. I know. I saw the one that Leah posted of her, like, that's head inside. I, I wanted like, to comment, like, this is amazing. I was like, is that? <laughs> I don't want her to think I'm being sarcastic. I really think Wow, this is... super cool, Leah. <laughs> no, I really think this is cool. Wow, sweet, you're at a gas station. Um, it it really was it really was one of those things where I was like, damn, I'd love to see this, but like, what am I gonna drive to, to Arizona? Arizona? No, exactly. To, to go see, it. But, but I seriously did it. I was like, gosh, I want to go get like a tank of gas there, just if, like out of solidarity. If your buddy is ever getting gas, Ooh, I should tell to him. I should tell to him. Keep an eye out. I should tell him. Yeah, go to Circle K. Send me a video. Um, Megan, let's let's really. I I, I think we. You know, we kind of brought this back to how it does relate to the apps because right. that really is part of the reason, the, the, the biggest reason that we want to talk about this stuff is because I, I do think that there is a chance it means something to the apps. And even if it doesn't directly, again, like I'm just looking at a guy like Devon Taves, how you may have to handle that. If you're uncertain about being able to bring him back, you're right. I think it all kind of starts with Bowen Byram. Um, what you're doing with him, what kind of... Does that leave you as options beyond that? Um, and it's just, it, it's going to make for an interesting summer, but I do think that the Maple Leafs kind of hold the key to some of these dominoes falling. If you see Austin Matthews traded out of Toronto, I imagine it's going to be a pretty chaotic summer all uh around the league. Absolutely, because there are people who are looking to fill positional needs in free agency, but if there are options like that beyond, right. teams are absolutely going to want to consider that because I think just even the, at the Avs looking for centermen, they see that the market for centermen in free agency is a little bit thin. They might be looking to get creative, and I think that this is a domino to fall because I think there are other teams like a Vancouver that need to shed cap and need to make some decisions about players as well oh. that are also going to need to part ways with people and I think this is going to be more than just Toronto having to field decisions like this yeah but I think maybe some of the the biggest is in Toronto because of the st caliber of player that Austin Matthews is totally. what he means to the league his visibility as a player in the league is under like you just can't can't undersell it. No. And, and, and it's why we've made the joke a bunch of times about him going back to Arizona um but it's for what you're talking about. Like, all jokes aside, you cannot measure if that were to happen, which, again, it's just a complete hypothetical. If Austin Matthews were to leave Toronto in free agency and sign with the Arizona Coyotes, that is landscape shifting 
on several levels, not just on the ice. But, like, you're literally talking about, and again, we made the joke a bunch earlier this week, but, like, that guy now owns the city of Phoenix. King Coyote. He's King Coyote forever. You know what I mean? Like, and it means huge things for the organization. That probably means that that organization, if he's signing there, that means they got their arena deal figured out. But, but you know, that, that shifts them from being, that brings the type of stability that we've always talked, that we've been talking about recently with what the Coyotes need. They need stability. They need seasons where it's not, they're being threatened to be, you know, move or not have an arena. They're getting kicked out. They're this, that, and the other. Bringing in a guy like Austin Matthews, that now solidifies you as, as you know, a, a top team in the league. That probably means you get an outdoor game, maybe not in Arizona, but, you know, you, you probably participate in one. You probably are hosting, uh, you know, an all-star game. You're probably hosting a draft. Uh, it just completely changes things in what we keep referring to as a very important market for the NHL in Arizona, big, uh, you know, huge market in Phoenix in terms of just sheer population and size, uh, you know, market share, things like that. It means like these are all significant moves and it, and it bleeds over into how this stuff is handled later. How is this, how does the salary cap affect this? Uh, and all of this stuff means something to the abs as well, because they will eventually have similar decisions to make. Where do you think Ryan O'Reilly goes? Here's what's hard about Ryan O'Reilly. That dude has shown in his career over and over that he goes to the highest bidder. Uh, he, he follows the money, which you cannot blame the guy for. No. He, he's a notoriously tough negotiator, him and his agent. Um, and he goes where he feels he's valued the most. And... Uh, you know, uh, he, he has his cup, but he's an ultra-competitive guy. So I, my guess is that he goes somewhere where they're ready to win, about ready to win. It's realistic for them. Uh, you know, I don't see him as being like a Chicago target because, you know, they have a lot of money to spend. They're going to want to insulate Connor Bedard. But I don't see that situation... Being appealing to Ryan O'Reilly. Right, right. Um so, I mean, I really do. I, I don't know if the abs are a possibility because of the long-term question marks with the cap uh, and, and where the abs will kind of fall and the long-term question marks around Gabe Landeskog and, um, you know, things like that. But, but I think a team like the abs in that kind of competitive range is where you end up seeing Ryan O'Reilly. You know, again, without having cap friendly in front of me and, and looking... Um, the Rangers, maybe the Devils, um, and not all of these teams are fits. I'm just saying these types of teams. The Islanders, I think, are an interesting type of team for him. Um, I don't Vegas, I don't know. You know, depending on what your deal is be, with Mark Stone, would be a nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Eichel and O'Reilly down the middle, like I, you know, I just don't know. It, it all depends on how healthy is Mark Stone. Right. Is, is his back still a long-term issue? Anyone that's watching him in the playoffs, as good as he's been. You can tell the dude is hurting, like a lot, and he's getting a lot of treatments. He's laid out on the benches, coming out of intermissions, uh, things like that. You know, so I just don't know, but that's the kind of team where I see him sticking around, and I think what you said earlier is correct. Unless they are moving on from one of the core four, I think it'd be really hard for Toronto, Toronto to keep to him. Keep him. I agree. Boston? I actually was thinking Boston because there are some players that might be done. Yep. And just straight coming off the cap because they're retiring done, done. or leaving or whatever. 
Um, mm. Yeah, I could see that. Trying to replace Patrice Bergeron. Exactly. He's not Who Patrice Bergeron, but fuck, he's pretty good. Right. <laughs> pretty close. As close as you might get, right? That's an interesting one. Yeah. I, I, I mean, really, and again, like I said, this was without having Cap Friendly in front no, of me. No, right. I don't know uh, if they could make that work. But. Right, but but I mean, that that's the type of team that I see him landing on, and that's why I, I, I think Colorado is probably in the mix. They were in the mix for him at the deadline. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and you don't have Gabe Landeskog $7 million this year. I don't know. You know, maybe you say, we're going to sign him to a three-year deal, and we'll deal with next summer's cap next summer once we see what the, how the cap is going up, whatever. You know, I, I don't know, but I think Ryan O'Reilly goes to a contender. He's in the back half of his career now. Um, he wants to win. He's an ultra-competitive guy, and he's still very good. Um, I agreed with you when you said it at the time, and I agree with you. You said it earlier today. I thought he was what gave them, the Maple Leafs, their biggest um, – you know, change in dynamic. I thought he was what gave them their biggest chance, their best chance to win a cup in the last, you know, under this core, under this regime. Um, and not having him back, I think, is a huge blow to that group because you Absolutely. kind of go back to the, are we the one-dimensional offensive Leafs again? And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where he lands because I think he's he's got to be the biggest name out there this summer, right? I think that's not even a hard stretch because it is a, it's a weird free agency market right. this year. Um, but that for that reason, I think there are going to be people making really competitive offers. Mm -hmm. They know what kind of a difference maker he can bring in, what he brings more than just, okay, so there's production, but there's reliability. He can hold a line more accountable defensively. Mm -hmm. And just the leadership qualities that he brings about too, it's hard to put a price tag on that. And so I think that, that is why he, like you were saying, is probably going to go to the highest bidder. Uh, go to the highest bidder. And, and then the other part of this, and part of the reason why I think on paper the Avs make a ton of sense for him, because everything that I've heard about Ryan O'Reilly, I, I started covering the team after he left, you know, day to day, um, was the work ethic. Right. Was that he's kind of one that you and I would be familiar with, like Andrew Cogliano level putting in the work, staying after, you know, when everyone else leaves, he's still there first on the ice kind of thing. Um, and that's something that I think, you know, you can't teach that kind of stuff and it's invaluable to have in your, in your organization. So um, he's not a hometown discount kind of guy. He's not a, I like to, you know, I got good friends here. I want to stay. I want every, he's show me the money. That's where I'm going. But I do think it'll be, Hey, contenders, show me the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. It's not going to be Columbus. Right, show me right, the money. Right, right, right. Um, Megan, you got anything else today? Is uh, Dallas done? Yo. Honestly, I didn't actually mean to make that a new segment. <laughs> yes or no? The wheels you have five seconds. came off. It's they had to issue a statement today because of the way the fans throwing stuff on the ice. The final 21 seconds uh, right. of that period. Had to, post, you know, had, to, had to delay the end of the second period. I don't know if you saw the videos of the Vegas players coming back out of the tunnel for the start of the, the third, finishing the second, having popcorn and sodas thrown at them coming out of the tunnel. Uh, you know, popcorn ends up going onto the ice, so that kind of delayed the start of the period again. Uh, and the ownership actually issued a statement saying, like, this, was, this is not what we're about. No. This is not a representation of the fans or whatever, um, you know, the team, this, that, and the other. And for that to happen in a game like that, 
Jamie Benn loses Jamie, his mind. No, exactly. Less than two minutes into the into the game, probably now suspended. I, I have to imagine that gets two games. That was with every replay watch that got worse. Oh my! It was just vicious. It was. It was vicious. It, it was. You know, we talked about the Kale McCarr thing and even the Jordan Eberle thing, and we all pretty much agreed, even as bad as the Jordan Eberle thing was, oh, yeah. none of it was malicious. No, no. You know, we all had our thoughts about each individual play, but we were like, it's unfortunate. You got to be in better control. You're responsible for that. But no one was trying to hurt anybody. That looked like Jamie Benn was trying to hurt Mark Stone. Absolutely. Because there's, you know, there's like initial face wash. But even then, when he's going down the ice, he's using his stick. I'll, I'll take it a step further, Megan. If you watch that replay, Stone goes down and Jamie Benn goes here. And then he reloads and to like come down even harder. So it's not even, had he You're just, right. had he gone with like the, oh, I fell on top of him. You could maybe even make the argument of like, oh, it was just two guys falling. But you see no. him look down, he's going and he pulls up and then follows through right in the face. It's just unacceptable. From your leadership, too. Right. Not that it's acceptable from anyone, but especially that's where I'm like, is Dallas done? Right. That's your leadership? Right. Is Dallas done? Is Dallas done the way that things went? I don't know. You, I don't know You for could real. maybe see them, but I, I think they do. I think they are. Could I see them doing the, our backs are against the wall. Pulling we're, out. We're going to put everything on the table to pull out one win in front of our home fans. Sure. But if you're without Jamie Benn for two games, you're done. Max Domi gets fined this yeah, morning. Yeah, slashing. Just uh, like I don't, Tiff, did you watch the game? I saw highlights. I didn't get to watch them. <laughs> but even in the highlights, you're sitting here nodding along to all this. Tiff is saying she saw the highlights, and it's like even in the highlights, it came across what a train wreck it was. The highlights, the condensed game. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I didn't get to watch like the full. Right. Game, right. Right. But. God, that was, it was just messy. That, it was just, it was just problematic and messy. And it, just it almost drives the point home even more. Messy. If you can tell from the condensed game review that Dallas came unglued. Oh yeah. Like it, it was, it was, it was legitimately shocking because you expected, you know, for everything we've heard about Dallas this year and the type of team they were and, and in the playoffs and, and, you know, two really tough series against Minnesota and then a, a really great series against Seattle. Um, you expected a pushback at home and they were going to come out and play hard. And I heard, you know, PK Subban and Chris Chelios were talking about, and, and I mean, they were both saying Jamie Benn needs to be suspended outright. But they're like, oh, he's trying to get the team fired up. That's where what you're talking about is like, as a leader, that's what you go with? That's what you go with. Right, it's, it's not that... The code of conduct there isn't right. anything that, that could be reciprocated by Stone in a, a productive way right. to the, the course of the game. And then he just doesn't take accountability for it either in the position that it put his team in. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. Not, how did, are you referring to him not speaking to the media after the game? And then he's spoken today and tries to suggest that he fell. See, and, 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 that's, and that's the part that's, that's just crazy. Watch the replay. Anybody with two He's sets like, of eyes. Oh, I probably shouldn't have done that, but I was falling. Something to that effect. It's, it's again, if you don't see the reload and him follow through, you could sell me on that. I would still be skeptical, but you could sell me on it. When you watch the replay, it's clear. It's, that wasn't you trying to catch your balance, dude. No, because there was a problem before they fall to the ice. Right. And so he's clearly just upset and reacting to that. Right. If, if he wanted to do that to, like, get everyone going, 
wait for Stone to get up, get in his face. Exactly. Get in his face, put, you know, shove him up against the wall, cause a little skirmish. You know, again, I still think that that's like, you know, I why, would still why, discourage that. Right, 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 because you're probably going to take a penalty either way. But like, that's at least a more productive way where it's like, hey, I'm willing to drag our team into the fight this way. I'm willing to get my hands dirty to, to get everyone going. That was just outright right. dirty play. Not a level playing field. Guy on the ice, pretty right. defenseless. Right. And so, you know, and then and you could just see it all boiling over as, as the game went on. Uh, Jake Ottinger gets pulled, you know, before the 10-minute mark. Um, that game may have been too much for them to reasonably bounce back from, especially when in that Domi skirmish, you see the look on Nick Haig's face where you can just tell Vegas is like, gotcha. You guys are done. And... Vegas is a veteran team. Oh, They've been absolutely. here before. Like, they, they understand. They're up 3 nothing in the Western Conference Final. They are saying, do not get sucked into any of that stuff because they're going to come unglued, Yeah, and it's just going to benefit us. Let them. Right, let them. Uh, that was more than five seconds, sorry. So sorry. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, all right, I, th- I do think that is it for today. Um, I'm trying to shoot the puck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Side of Mark's <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but, you know, it really was, it was, it was just, it was shocking to watch from a guy like Jamie Ben, who has been to the Stanley Cup final, been to multiple Western Conference finals now. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know if they bounce back. I'm anxious to see what the, um, game count is for something that I think for the first time you could say this playoffs looked pretty malicious. Um, like I said, I think that's it for today. Uh, it'll be me, Rudo, AJ tomorrow. Megan's off the next couple of days. Uh, no show on Monday, uh, but then we'll be back on Tuesday. We'll have a nice, we'll have a special guest in show, uh, in studio. Uh, one of our colleagues uh, will be uh, joining us as, as we got some vacations coming up for some of the for some of the crew here. Jesse Montano, Megan Angley, Tiff on the board, making sure you guys can see us and hear us. Thank you guys all so much for listening. Big shout out to uh, Dave McCarthy uh, for joining us today at Dave A. McCarthy on Twitter. We will talk to all you guys tomorrow. Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.